Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'na wa anfa'na bima alamtana Okay, we're continuing with Zadu Mustaqna fi ikhtisar al-muqna' and by Allah's grace and permission we've reached the chapter where he says the author al-Hajjawi Babu Zakat al-Urud the chapter pertaining to trade goods Hadasin fil-khamis mimma tajibu fi zakat So this is the fifth uh, category of whereon, whereupon zakah is obligatory والعرود, the word urud is the plural of ard with the sukun on the ra not a dhamma on the ra not a fatha on the ra a sukun and the intent with this word urud trade goods is that which has been prepared for purchasing and selling, okay, with the intention to make a profit. It's been given the name Urud from the meaning of Ard because its intent is that it's uh, put forward and it's exposed, it's put out in front of people uh, to be sold and to be purchased. What's the evidence for urud tijara? A question to yourselves. What's the evidence for giving money, uh, zakah, for paying zakah on trade goods? And I mentioned this in passing in the previous lecture, I believe. So we have the verse in Surah Al-Baqarah where Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu anfiqu min tayyibati ma kasabatum wa mimma akhrajna lakum min al-ard aw yuhu believe spend give charity give zakah from the good of that which you have earned and from that which we have brought forth for you from the earth so the ulama they said that this ayah this uh, verse it gives evidence to the obligatory to the obligation of zakat as the great mufassirins like mujahid and al hasan they said وَبَوَّبَ إِمَامُ الْبُخَارِ عَلَى حَادِ الْآيَةِ بَابِ صَدَقَةُ الْكَسْبِ وَالْتِجَارَةِ And Imam al-Bukhari, Rahimahu Ta'ala, in his famous book, Sahih, of Hadith, which is not only a book of Hadith, it's also a book of Fiqh, because the titles that he chose for his chapter headings, okay, were Fiqh uh, titles. So when he gave the uh, title heading, uh, for his chapter where he said Babu Sadaqatul Kaswa Tijara the chapter of Zakat or Sadaqa on uh, that which is earned and that which is traded he put forth this ayah as a chapter heading which shows that he intended to extract from this ayah what we've just mentioned that it's a proof for the fact that Ruda Tijara Zakat Ruda Tijara is wajib so the author he says in his first statement If the person owns these goods with the intention of trading and also and also if the uh, value of these products that he has that he intends to sell they reach the level of nisab so Sheikh Mansour, he explains to us that uh, there's conditions which are uh, to be observed when considering the payment of zakah or rudh tijara. The first of them, and yamlukuha bifa'lihi, that the person should 
have possession of these goods through an action of his of his own that through an action he should have possession of these goods can you study her like he has purchased them so purchasing the goods is an action or it's given to him as a gift and he accepts this gift so in the madhab by virtue of him accepting a gift and he intends that this gift is going this gift is going to be used as a trade good then that is enough to fit under the category of this condition so with this with trading as an example if he has the action of trading going out and making trade then of course these trade goods fit under this condition of bringing from uruda tijara and uh, if he accepts as we said a uh, a hibba okay if he accepts a gift then the acceptance of the gift falls under the condition which the author mentioned which was if he obtains these goods with his action with the intention of selling also from the condition mentioned and yan we in the that from the time that he has possession of these goods he has to have the intention that he's going to trade with these goods and the niya of tijara, the intention of trading, is that you actually go out and you look to trade with these goods. Okay? There has to be actual action taking place, not just an intention. And this intention of trading the goods is, of course, for earning money and for earning profit. Not simply just a trade. If it's simply just a trade, like given the example by Sheikh Mansour, like a person has land and he just simply wants to get rid of the land because he doesn't want it anymore. So he's not really looking to do it as a trade in the sense of earning profit. So this doesn't fall under the discussion of what we are saying. And be aware that the niya of tijara, the intention of tijara, has to be there at the time when the person has got hold of this product. Once the person is in possession of the product, then at the same time, he has to have the intention to trade in this product for it to be uruda tijara. So we'll give more information on this, the, the Sheikh Mansour, he said, as we go on. A point to mention, uh, sorry, I'm struggling a bit today because I have a very bad backache. Uh, alhamdulillah, make dua for me, inshallah, later. A point to mention, mentioned by Sheikh uh, Abdeslam al-Shuayr is that he said that Imam al-Mirdawi in Al-Insaf, he said, That the one who has taraddud in his niyyah, like he's going back and forth in his attention. Shall I sell this product? product? I'm going to sell it, then he changes his mind, then I'm going to sell it again, he changes his mind. He said, taraddud fi niyyah so the one who goes back and forth with, with his intention it's as though he has no intention okay so the intention has to be firm also from the conditions of zakah on the urud tijara and that this product that you are trading in the value of these products they reach the nisab of either the gold or the silver Okay, and it reaches the nisab of gold or silver, the least of the two. We'll explain this a bit further with examples. So whichever is the least in nisab from gold or silver at the time 
of paying your zakah on the urud tijara that is the one that you will look to whether the nisab of the gold or the nisab of the silver فإذا كان عنده أرود تجارة لكنها دون نصاب فلا زكاة فيها. So of course, if the person has trade goods but they don't reach the value of the nisab, then there's no zakah in that. The author, may Allah have mercy upon him, he says zakah kimataha. So with these conditions that we just mentioned, after it, the author is saying that if those conditions are present, then the person he gives أرود تجارة the zakah on its value. Zakah kimataha. So what do we understand, question to yourselves, what does this tell us about how we pay the zakah of the arud at-tijara, zakah qimatuha? What does this tell us about how to pay zakah for the trade goods? It tells us something very important. Barakallah feek. So this is to do with it and this is what the author will mention in a few phrases down the road. But at this point, what the ulama, they mention such as Sheikh Ahmed uh, Ahmed Bahjat in his explanation. Zakaqimataha, it means for example, if a person has 40 acres of land. As an example, a person has 40 acres of land. And now at the time of giving zakah, he says, okay, I'm going to give one fortieth of my land in zakah. They said, this is not going to be acceptable. Because qimataha has mentioned that the, the value, the, the, the trade goods, the zakah is given from the value of the trade goods, not from the goods themselves. So the zakah in the madhab is not given from the goods themselves. You cannot give uh, the clothes that you are selling as zakah. You cannot give the land that you are selling as zakah. It has to be from the value of uh, the currency, value of gold and silver uh, of the trade goods, right? So you cannot give a 40th of the land, rather you have to give a 40th of the monetary value of the land. This is the opinion in the madhab. Sheikh Sami ibn Abdurrahman in his explanation, he says that Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah he said that if there is a maslaha, if there is, a, if there is a, an apparent benefit for the poor in receiving the actual trade goods instead of the monetary value, okay, then in this situation the goods themselves can be given as zakah. But of course, as we mentioned, the madhab is that it has to be from the value of the trade goods. Tayyib, the author he said, if the person came across these goods, these goods came into his possession uh, by the form of earth. Earth is, for example, inheritance. So if they came into his possession by the form of inheritance, there will be no zakah here upon the goods. Why? Question to yourselves, why? Based upon what we just discussed and the previous conditions. So a person, he's, he inherits a plot of land and he wants to trade this plot of land. He wants to use this plot of land for trading or inherits five cars and he wants to use these five cars for trading. So our author is saying that there will be no zakah on these, on these uh, products because he inherited it. Why is this the case from, the, from looking at the conditions that we just took? They say because earth is mulk jabri. Earth is something which is forced upon him. In the sense that when the um, distribution of the inheritance is given and Yusuf is given the five cars, Yusuf says, I don't want to have the five cars. I don't want to take them. But Islam tells him, no, you have to take them due to the inheritance. What you do with it after that, whoever you give it to, that's your business. But you have to take it. So here, he doesn't... He didn't want to have the product, but rather it was forced upon him. So earth inheritance is considered mulk uh, jabri. So zakah on earth, on inheritance, 
is not um, is not obligatory, even though the person is going to intend trade goods. Because he, it came into his possession without his uh, choice, without his choice. So when would the zakah be obligatory upon him? So when would the zakah become obligatory upon this person in the example that I've given of Yusuf and the five cars that he's, he's inherited? They would come, uh, the zakah would be obligatory upon him, not as uh, at the time that he has sold them. So once he sold them and he's received money, then from the time that he's received the money for these goods, that's when the hawl, the year, starts to be counted for uh, zakah on these goods in this situation. So the first exemption uh, from trade goods that the author mentioned, he mentioned that if a person inherits goods, okay, then there's no, there's no zakah on those goods, even if they're with him for 10 years. The only time there's zakah on those goods that are received from inheritance is obligatory is once the person sells and receives money for that then the counting of the year begins then the counting of the whole begins this is another reason where there won't be tijara. if a person went out and made the action to purchase and to trade goods so he got hold of goods with his own action but he didn't have the intention to trade at the time of purchasing five cars he didn't have the intention to trade, rather he was going to give them as gifts to people, to his family, right? But then later on, this person, Yusuf, who had five cars, for example, he decides that now I want to sell them and use them as trade goods. The author, he says, So if this person, he purchases goods, but he didn't have the intention of selling them at that time of purchasing, and later on, he changes his mind to, per to, to make it into trade goods, then this, these don't become trade goods, okay? So an example that Sheikh Amir Bahjad gives, he said, if a person buys land, and when asked, why did you buy the land? He said, to build a house upon this land, right? And to ensure that my family has a place to live. Is there going to be zakat on the land? No, there's not going to be any zakat on the land because he didn't purchase it with the intention for trading. Later, he changes his mind and he wants to now use the land for, for trading, for buying and selling, right? At this point also, there's no zakat on the land. The zakat becomes on the land once it's sold and he receives money. Once it's sold and he receives money, then the hawl starts and that's when he has to pay the zakat. And then the Sheikh also mentioned, Sheikh Amal Bahjat, he mentioned a nice point. He said, however, if a person does pay zakat in the situations like we've mentioned, then it's a good thing in order to come out of the differences of opinions that exist with the ulama. So you see that ulama, they're always looking for ways to come out of the differences of opinions. Though he's saying it's not obligatory upon you because the madhab is not saying it's obligatory, but he's saying that if you do do it to avoid the differences of opinions which are found amongst the scholars, then this is something which is good. The author, he says, the author, he says, with regards to paying the zakah on the arud al-tijara, at the time of the hawl, at the time when you have your date to pay the zakah, then you would make the value of the trade goods, okay, and you would, bil-ahad uh, lil-fuqara. Bil-ahad lil-fuqara means that you will give 
the value of the trade goods to which is most appropriate and beneficial to the poor. Min Ain. Ain here means dhahab, means gold. Awwarqin and waraq means silver. So when you value your trade goods, you're going to look at the nisab of gold and silver, but you're going to see which one is more beneficial for the poor person. This will come clear with an example now in a few minutes. So first thing to mention here, he says what in the hawl. So the the trade goods that are given the value at the time when there is a hawl. Okay, when the, at the time of the hawl. And the hawl doesn't necessarily start at the time of the purchase. So say for example, as a trader, I normally give my goods, uh, my, I normally give my zakat on my goods and my, and my uh, wealth and other assets in January. But in March, I purchase a range of products which reach the nisab. So these, these range of products, though they have been purchased in, in, in March, the zakat is going to be given for them with the rest of my wealth in next January, not in next March. So the, the consideration of the hawl is at the time when I normally give my zakat, not at the time of purchase, right? So this is the first thing that the, the ulama, they mentioned. The second thing to bear in mind is that they said al-hadh huwa al-qal. So the most appropriate for the fuqara and the most beneficial, uh, beneficial for the fuqara in terms of valuing your trade goods and giving the zakah is to look to the nisab of, of gold or silver and to see which one is more beneficial. So first question to yourselves, what is the nisab of gold and silver? Please somebody answer quickly. What is the, what is the nisab of gold and silver? The nisab of gold is 85 grams and the nisab of silver is 595 grams. So we find that today, for example, uh, in Qatar or in this part of the Middle East, you'll find that a gram of gold is 208 uh, rials. And you'll find that a gram of silver is 2.65 rials only. So now which one is going to be more beneficial for the fuqara, for the poor, in terms of us uh, working out which nisab to use when we uh, value our trade goods. When we work out the value of the trade goods, should I work it out according to gold? Okay, or should I work it out according to silver? Which one is going to be more be beneficial for the fuqara? Silver, barakallah fiqh. Silver, of course, because it means that, say for example, your trade goods are worth uh, only, um, let's say, 1500 riyals. If your trade goods are only worth 1500 riyals or 2000 riyals, then it will fit into the nisab of silver, meaning that you still go ahead and you will give the zakah because it fits into the nisab of the silver. However, if you value your trade goods according to the gold, the gold is around, I think, 17,000 riyals, works out the 85 grams, uh, 17,000 riyals or so, if I'm not mistaken. So the person who only has like 2,000 riyals worth of trade goods, it means that he's not going to pay the zakah if he works it out or if he equates it to the nisab of the gold. So the author is telling us that you equate your you use the nisab, which is more beneficial for the fuqara, and that of course is the lower one. In our time today, silver is the lower of the two nisabs. Previously, in the time of the Prophet and years after that, the nisab of gold and silver were very similar. But in today's time, they are much different. The one which is more beneficial for the fuqara is the lower of the two, and that is silver. The author, he says, The 
The author, he says what the brother mentioned previously in his answer to another question is that you don't consider the price or you don't consider that which the product was bought at. Okay? You don't consider the price of the product when it was purchased. Rather, you consider the price of the products, the value of the products, the market value of the products at the time when you are to pay your zakah. So once the hawl has been complete on your wealth and now you have to pay zakah in January or Ramadan any month, then at that time you look at the market value of your goods and you pay the zakah based upon the market value of the goods now when you are paying the zakah, not the value of the goods at the time of purchase. Sheikh Sami, uh, Sheikh Sami al-Suqair, Hafizahullah uh, Ta'ala, in his explanation of Rawd al-Murbi' he mentioned that there's a great wisdom here. He said, look, um, if a person bought a trade product at 10 riyals, right, and now at the time of paying the zakah, it's a thousand riyals, it's worth a thousand riyals. So if the rule was that you have to go back and you have to value your products at the time of when you purchase them, he said they're only going to be worth 10 riyals and that's not going to benefit the fuqara. But by the fact that you're paying them at the value of what they're worth now, which is a thousand riyals, it's going to be beneficial for the fuqara, right? And also he said another example from the perspective of the trader. He said if the trader bought them, if the trader bought them, at a thousand riyals, right? Bought the product at a thousand riyals. But now they're worth only 10 riyals. Okay, I know it's an extreme example, but now they're worth only 10 riyals. So if it was said to him, you have to pay your zakah at the value of when you purchased it, which was a thousand, but now it's only worth 10, this is going to be detrimental and harmful for the uh, trader. So there's wisdom in this fiqh that the ulama have mentioned that that the consideration for the valuing of the goods is not at the time of purchase it's at the time when zakah is obligatory upon the goods at the market value then the author he says the author he says that if the person changes his trade goods for example he swaps his trade goods for cash okay or he swaps one set of trade goods for another set of trade goods, then the hawl, the year, is not broken. It doesn't have to be started again due to this exchange. So Sheikh Amir Bahjat, he explains, he said that Okay? He said, for example, a person, he has trade goods, and now he exchanges them through selling for their value in wealth, right? So now he owns the wealth. The, the hawl, okay, due to this exchange, is not broken. The year is not broken. And likewise also, if a person, um, if the person says, for example, uh, so, sorry, going back to this first point. So if the person exchanges his, uh, his trade goods for wealth, then the hawl, the year, is not broken. It continues, right? And why is there a continuation in the hawl? Because the intent of the arud tijara the intent of the trade goods, is not the trade goods itself, but it's rather the value that they earn or the value that they, that they, that they hold. So, as the ulama, they say, So it's as though he bought something from its same category. 
because wealth and wealth, right? Wealth in the form of cash and wealth in the form of trade goods. So exchange the trade goods for wealth in the form of cash, it's though they're the same thing because the trade goods, they are wealth, but in the form of trade goods. But the second part of what the author said, and also if he exchanged trade goods for another set of trade goods, then again the hawl is not broken. So as Sheikh Amr, he mentioned, then the hawl, it continues. For example, somebody, he's a car salesman, but after a year or two years, he gets bored of selling cars and he says, now I want to move into selling motorbikes or boats. So in this situation, he sells his trade, he sells his trade stock of cars and he purchases with that value or he exchanges those cars for motorbikes. Now here the hawl has not broken. The hawl has continued as though he had his, his original product. The author, he says, وَإِنْ إِشْتَرَاهُ بِسَائِمَةٍ لَمْ يَبْنِي However, if he purchases with his trade goods, sa'ima, and as you, if you remember sa'ima are those animals which are kept like cows, sheep, and they graze freely on the earth in the pastures, then if he does this, if he exchanges his trade goods for cattle, then in this situation, the hawl will be broken. Surat al-Mas'ala. When the ulama, they say Surat al-Mas'ala, they say the conceptualization of the issue. So they try to give an example to help us conceptualize the issue. So Sheikh Mansur al-Saqib, he gives Surat al-Mas'ala. He said, Zayd indahu mi'a min al-ghanam. Zayd has a hundred sheep. وَقَبْلَ الْحَوْلْ بَاءَهَا And before the hawl, before the year finishes, he sells the sheep. وَاشْتَرَى بِثَمْنِهَا أُرُودِ تِجَارَةً And then he purchases, purchases with the wealth products for trade. أُرُودَ تِجَارَةً فَإِنَّهُ يَسْتَعْنِفْ حَوْلًا جَدِيدًا So in this situation, there will be a new hawl. The hawl won't continue because the products are completely different as he mentions. The illa. He says the reason, the illa, اِخْتِلَافُ الْمَالَيْنِ فِي الْأَنْصِبَةِ وَالْمَقَاصِدِ he said because the, the malain, the two types of wealth, the sa'ima, the cattle, and now what he's purchased are complete opposites, are completely different with regards to their ansibah, with regards to their nisabs, and with regards to their maqasid, and with regards to their objectives. For nisab mukhtalif wal maqsad mukhtalif. For fil awwal al qast adar wal istimal, wa fil thani al tijara. So with regards to a person uh, having cattle, his objective is that he wants to, uh, you know, make them breed and he wants to produce milk and stuff like that. But with regards to trade, it's a complete different objective altogether. And also the opposite. If a person has trade goods, and then in half of the year, he sells these trade products and he buys sheep. And the sheep are not bought in order to trade, rather he just wants to have a farm where he's going to have 50 sheep and he wants to enjoy farming the sheep and taking the milk from them and letting them grow and using them for other reasons. So this hawl doesn't continue from the time of his trade goods, rather from the time he purchased these sheep, that is when his hawl will start. Why? Because they were completely different with regards to the nisab and they're completely different with regards to the objective of having them. So the trade goods and the sa'ima are completely different. Not like the previous example we gave of somebody exchanges 
goods for goods or exchanges uh, goods for cash because goods for cash they have the same objective and they have the same nisab there's a masala mentioned here ma hukm idha kana inda al-insan mashiya sa'ima wa qad nawaha lit-tijara fahal tuzakka zakatu sa'ima so if a person he has mashiya he has cattle sheep etc and they are sa'ima and he intends with these uh, flocks or groups of cattle etc that he wants to use them for trade he wants to use them for trade طيب is the zakah given as urud al-tijara or is it given as sa'ima okay is it given as what we took in the previous lessons that when you have five camels it's one sheep etc like this or is it given at the value of gold and silver 2.5% of what is um, of what the value of your animals are طيب the humble madhab holds annaha tuzakka zakata urud that in this situation because the person intended it for urud tijara even though they are sa'ima they are going to be for urud uh, tijara so the zakat is given as 2.5% of the value of the uh, of the value of the livestock that the person has um, according to the more beneficial nisab for the fuqara which we said is in more than often it's going to be silver also something to add with regards to um, the zakat on trade goods is that a person who has a shop for example he's selling clothes so the shelves that he uses for selling the clothes uh, the boards that he has purchased for advertising the clothes the cars that he uses for delivering clothes and going to purchase clothes all of these assets okay which are not in of themselves in, in intended to be sold they are not to be included in the value of urud at-tijara in the trade goods inshallah we'll stop here and as i said uh, excuse me for the brevity of the lesson uh, if you have any quick questions pertaining to the topic or clarifications feel free I ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward us all for this little effort that we made i mean wa jazakumullah khair